Hi, I'm George Strayton, screenwriter of Hercules and Xena Warrior Princess, and you're listening to Genre Tainment. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Genre Tainment at SciFiPulseRadio.com. We're your hosts, Mark and Julie. Genre Tainment is where we talk about what's happening in the world of film, TV, and web series. We give you interviews with writers, directors, producers, and actors in both independent and not-so-independent creations. This is episode 112, and we are chatting with actor and motion capture artist Greg LaSalle. You might have seen him in the recent movie Deadpool, where he is the face of Colossus. We're learning all sorts of cool things about motion capture technology from this veteran of facial motion capture performance, whose work has appeared on movies like Marvel's The Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, Gravity, and Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. We also take a behind-the-scenes look at how the character of Colossus was created for Fox's Deadpool and how Greg would be chosen to become Colossus. But before we get started with the interview, we should point out that the music you just heard at the beginning of the show was a snippet from the theme song for our web series, Reality On Demand. It was a song composed and performed by our friend Tishon Hardy, and you can find our web series at realityondemandseries.com. Now let's get started with our interview with Greg LaSalle. We can't allow this Deadpool. I don't have time for your X-Men bull colossus. Besides, nobody's getting hurt. That guy was up there before we got here. Well, hi, Greg. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. So you're a, a pro motion capture artist, and which is a technology that's been used more and more. You worked on films like Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows, Avengers, Amazing Spider-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, Gravity, and recently Deadpool. You know. Mm-hmm. I, so how did you get involved in this uh, visual effects specialty? Uh, um, well, it started by a friend of mine was um, very enthralled with motion capture. So he purchased um, two systems, a magnetic motion capture system and an optical motion capture system. And through him, I taught myself how to use them both. And then we started a company for supplying motion capture for some people. But we were mostly interested in the technology side of things. So... Um, at one point, we decided that the technology, the current technology wasn't working all that well for facial <clears throat> motion capture. So he had some money and he decided to hire some people and we put together a team of people to invent a different way of capturing the way a face would move with um, a modern type mo- motion capture system. Well, that's neat. And so when you say optical and magnetic, what, yeah. what's that? What's Can you the explain the difference between those two? Oh, well, really quickly. Um, both of those are traditionally were used for body capture, meaning like uh, if you've seen people may have seen pictures of actors running around on a stage with markers, reflective markers or little round balls stuck to their, their bodies. Mm-hmm. And those systems both generate a skeleton of the moving body. And then the visual effects companies or the game companies apply the computer generated models on top of those skeletons. As those systems got better, especially the optical system, they made smaller markers and they started gluing them to people's faces. Mm-hmm. Um, but the data set was around two, 250 markers. Nice. And it was a system that's based on extracting the skeleton and the face moves so differently than that. Oh, yeah. So we wanted to invent something that actually captured the surface of the skin moving at really high resolution. And that's what the MOVA facial capture system does. Now, can you explain a little bit about how that works, how you get that to work? Sure. Um, In so, simple terms, I am techno <laughs> challenged. Yeah, go, no, go super detailed. <laughs> I, I, I can do email, and that's about it. So. 
there won't be any math in this talk. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, in simplest terms, it's a it's an array of cameras that um, create a three dimensional volume for the actors to sit and their face to be in. And the, in the initial stage, the system creates a scan, a high resolution scan of the actor's face in 3D for every frame of film. So in this case, typically 24 scans per second. Mm -hmm. and, and then the high resolution data is turned into a type of data that's useful for visual effects company to then use it on a computer generated character. So that's the acquisition side. So that it creates this data set that's between 6,000 and 7,000 data points. And it's, it, it captures the wrinkles, every subtle uh, micro expression that's made as opposed to um, older motion capture systems where you'd know when the mouth was open and you'd get some face shape, but you wouldn't have the subtlety of the performance or the skin deforming. And, and that, that the newer technology, this MOVA technology, has been used on a lot of films, but not in a way where it actually transferred the entire performance on every single frame. So a couple of years ago, I brought the company to Los Angeles and started working closely with Digital Domain to develop a technique for mathematically transferring the performance data to the computer-generated character so that it actually did transfer all of that performance without animators having, having to intervene, except to fix something that the director or somebody wanted changed or a lip wasn't right or something like that. And so we've now got both of those pieces of the puzzle together. I made a presentation at the Directors Guild a few years ago to unveil that new portion of the technology, and I, I asked Tim Miller if he would come and talk with me and so he was there when we unveiled this new portion of the technology. And, and he's like, well, that's how we have to do Colossus. Um, Colossus is a, his face is rather human and you, and, and his, his emotions and his feelings are quite human. So Tim wanted to make sure that all that comes through in the performance. So Colossus is really the first time you see a kind of a hero character. I mean, meaning hero, like he's full screen sometimes mm -hmm. with this kind of technology. So you see all the subtlety of this of the actual actor's performance on the final character there there aren't a team of animators behind this thing driving it so when you're filming whatever tim yelled cut and said that's the take i want the performance that i gave that's what's actually on the character oh, on, wow. on colossus's face okay so that's then great. this technology is then for the the facial because it does such subtle do you still yep. then use for the full body use the other technologies that we talked about yep okay. yep the, the, um because I don't, I, I don't move as well as I used to. Stuntmen, um, and I'm also much smaller. Colossus is supposed to be quite tall. <laughs> you're, not, you're not seven foot or whatever it was. <laughs> stunt, stunt, I think he's taller than that. Stuntmen and, and regular and regular animation techniques were used for the body. But this adds a whole nother layer on top of that performance, so that you get another layer of realism and subtlety that yep. we wouldn't have had otherwise. Right. I think what's so great about um, Colossus in this film is is that, you know, he's a really subtle and gentle character. And so you want to see these things. You want to see frustration in his face, even when he's not talking. You want to see um, when he's pleading with Deadpool that you want to see that that facial performance, not just hear the words. And this technology makes that happen. That's great. Yeah, I know that, you know, when I watched uh, movies in the past, uh, let's say like the first Final Fantasy movie, for example, um, mm -hmm. that was animated and they had motion capture performances. You know, a lot of it looked pretty believable, except it was always the face that gave it away, yeah. you know, and always hurt the performances. So, so it's great to 
see this growth in technology for yeah, it. Yeah, it's really yeah. exciting. We're, we're all experts in the way faces should move because we communicate with people all the time that way. And you're right. It, it That's where it breaks, you know, in the past is broken down the most. And this technology now has started to bridge that gap. And I think it really works. And that'll help with actors. Although some people have gotten, you know, Oscars and such for performances, I guess, yeah. or at least been nominated. Um, you know, that, that helps totally erase that barrier between, yeah. you know, the actor's performance. Well, and I imagine, you know, as an actor at times, they probably, with the older technology before this, they were, were of course, grateful to have that role. But at times, they probably thought, man, I did so much more and it was just lost in translation. Yeah. Like, I was really <laughs> feeling it when I performed it, but then, like, it didn't show up on the screen. And, and you know, that might have been a little bit of frustration. Yeah, and I think you even had to perform a little differently because... You know, a lot of times I've been on set and the actor, the actor director is asking the actor to make it bigger because they don't know if it's going to translate to the final character. It's more like big stage acting or, you know. Yeah. 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 And or now this is all about the subtlety of the performance. And I also think that a, a lot of actors, you know, didn't want to get involved with it in the past because they knew that it would go through a team of animators and they don't know if it's their performance or it's not going to capture their subtle performance. And that's what makes them them that now that that barrier is starting to go away. Yeah, that's really cool. So with Colossus, how did it come about where you were chosen to be the face of Colossus? Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> it's a pretty interesting story. So I've known, uh, worked with Tim Miller many times over the last 15 years. And again, he, he presented with me when we unveiled this new version of the technology. He and I have been friends, so he knew that I had started studying acting and seen some of my work. And early on, it was kind of funny. We we did a test for Deadpool like seven years ago, I think, or something like that. And he told me, when I make the film, I'm, you're, you'll have a cameo. I'm going to have Ryan kill you. You're going to be one of the bad guys. <laughs> cool. And I'm like, sweet, that'll be fun, you know? Yeah. Um, and then uh, because of filming locations and schedules, that, that ended up never happening. Colossus in this film is, he never takes human form. So he's 100% computer generated. Mm. And the actor that, and I don't even know what negotiations or anything that went on, but somehow the actor that played him in X-Men ended up not participating in Deadpool. So being the sarcastic person that I can be sometimes, I sent a funny and sarcastic email to Tim Miller saying that I thought his life would be much easier if he just gave me the part. <laughs> <laughs> and I got back a sarcastic response, which is exactly what I anticipated. And then about a month later, I got a call from a producer asking if I had spoken to Tim recently. Um, and I said, no. And they, he said, well, he wants to know if you're serious about playing Colossus. <laughs> I said, I'm serious if he's serious. And I thought it was a joke. I thought the, I thought Tim had set me up, like he had somebody call me just to bust my chops. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then they said, no, he's he's absolutely serious. We want to set up a meeting. So we had a meeting. We talked about it. And um, that's how it came about. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So you said you've been doing acting more. Can you talk a little bit about how you got involved in acting? Yeah, because we were totally geeking out just over you doing the technology. And then we found out uh, that you were acting. We're like, that's even cooler. That, that's, he does both. Well, <laughs> Well, I think it's kind of funny that I think for my whole life, the things that I've done, I've always been in the background, um, either in music or in, in, on the film side of things, helping other people be in front of the audience. And I've always felt that that's where I wanted to be, but I never had the guts to do it. You know, mm -hmm. the fear of failing in that fashion 
did not appeal to me in any way, shape, or form. It just scared me to death. But I loved doing it, you know. Um, I just never could bring myself to do it in front of somebody else. Yeah. So about four years ago, I was in a really bad accident. And, and when I'm sitting in the hospital, I'm like, you know what? What have I got to lose? Like, I almost <laughs> killed myself. Might as well now actually do something. It's amazing <laughs> how those moments can do that. Do. Yeah. It's really strange how quickly, the, I mean, it doesn't really give you the guts to do it. It's like, it's like you see these films where people say they believe in God when they're near death and they say, oh, God, I'm going to do this if you just let me live or whatever. And then, you know, three days later, they forget that they said that. Yeah. <laughs> and I just made this commitment to myself that I'm not going to forget that I'm going to start going for things for myself. So I ended up moving MOVA from the Bay Area down to Los Angeles. And when I made that move, I said, OK, this is my chance even as a musician, I used to be the guy in the background. I'd be in the orchestra pit or be at the back of the band and, you know, like, no, don't give me a solo. I'll just, I'm more than happy just to accompany you. And I said, I got to get over that fear. So I started, I, I joined Second City because I knew that their technique was that you, you can't hide. Yeah. <laughs> You're all out front. And I did that for a little bit of time. And then I started working on Guardians of the Galaxy and Ooh. Avengers and I met Josh Brolin. He and I became friends. And he set me up with one of his previous acting teachers. And he said, even if you never do anything in acting, it will change your life. You will learn so many things about yourself and about behavior that it's just this wonderful experience. And I said, I, I think, okay. And, and that, that, was, that was the thing that now I can't go back here. Josh Brolin has hooked <laughs> me up with one of his acting teachers. I can't, I can't say, oh, you know, I didn't call her yet. I didn't do this or whatever. So I immediately followed through and I had an interview with her and she took me as a, a student and I just fell in love with it. Yeah, absolutely fell in love. I mean, again, I, I think I've always known that something that I've loved and I've been fortunate enough over the last 10 years or so to work with some of the best actors in the world behind the scenes. So I get to, I get this education of watching them do what they do, you know, cause when it's on screen, it's already done. When you're working with them and the directors, you see the process. You, I mean, you don't understand what's going on in their heads unless you're talking to them, but it's just, it's an educational experience that you, you know, you can't get anywhere else. And see kids, so this figured, is a good lesson and never stop learning. Yeah. <laughs> that's my motto. That's 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 so funny that you say that because my father is a scientist and a teacher and I, I never I never stop learning. People say, well, you know, what do you do? I said, well, as soon as I, I know when my life is over because I can't learn anything anymore. Right. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awful? Like if you just knew everything and couldn't learn anymore? I mean, it just enriches well, your life so much. Everything. I have this idea that if you start to know too much, you'll forget something you learned earlier. Your brain gets full. <laughs> Well, I have three college degrees, so I'm definitely in the same camp as you. <laughs> yeah. what, what do you What do you have? Well, film production, psychology, and computer. Uh, well, that's technology. perfect. Those are the three things you need to make films. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I'm a student of life, so <laughs> I'm self-taught in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to self-learning. I think if you can't self-learn, you can't learn at all. No, yeah, no. My... See, I I took print journalism uh, and computer publishing right before print journalism died. So <laughs> there's still a few newspapers. There's there. a few, <laughs> yeah. but I decided, you know, maybe I could just teach myself some of this other stuff. Yep. Yep. So now with your experience acting, right. Has that 
helped you in some ways with your motion capture work or, or vice versa? Well, what I one of the things that I love about where I ended up was that there the whole idea of this new kind of facial motion capture is that we're trying to make it so there is no difference, except technically, meaning like it, when you're an actor in a film, it's a very slow process. Mm -hmm. okay. um, you, you typically a film is made with one camera, maybe two for part of it. You're waiting for lights to get reset up. You're you waiting have to be very for, patient. Yeah. Yeah, and you do very short snippets of your work. Mm -hmm. With the motion capture technology, especially with this facial performance, you're you're able to accomplish a lot more in a shorter amount of time. So you get to do longer sequences. They they break down the shots later. So it's in that in essence, we can do a page or two of a, of a film all at once. And that's this incredible luxury of being able to stay in character and work through. I mean, that, that's what is amazing about these fantastic actors who are winning Academy Awards. When you think about how they're actually shooting the film, that they can make it seem like it's seamless. Yeah. Because it's incredibly difficult to pull that off. Yeah. And with motion capture, it's more like theater, where you're, you're, you're not doing the whole script, but you're doing large sections of it all at once. So it's 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 a little bit easier to keep the character coherent. Hmm. Yeah, okay. that's true. When you yeah, you film things out of sequence. It's like, oh, okay, well this morning we're filming one after this major trauma and you're a wreck. And then we come back from lunch, you're it's before that and you're happy go lucky. <laughs> <laughs> well well not only not only that, in the in the big effects films, it could be, you know, say there's explosions and things going up. You do it once and then you've got to wait two hours for them to reset to do the same line again. <laughs> And you got to wait two more hours to do it again. And you then know, they're like, "Why aren't you consistent?" <laughs> here, we for you know for filming Colossus, we would just have the live action plates, we'd loop them, and we would just let the cameras roll. We'd do two or three minute long takes. Wow, you know, that is helpful. And loop loop them a dozen times. It's just so great to keep that all into your in your head. You don't have to worry about taking a break in between. Yeah. So when you're performing Colossus, for example, when you're in fight scenes. Mm -hmm. So like like in a trailer, there's a moment where you're throwing a tire and another moment mm -hmm. where you get you get punched really hard. You know, how do you deal with that when you're acting? Are you guys like mimicking some of those movements? Someone or... really throws them a tire at him and someone really punches him. Yes. Face. Yes. Uh, it's, it's pretty funny. There was there's one shot which you haven't seen yet um, where Tim Miller's like, OK, we're going this shot's going to be in slow motion in the film. So do it in slow motion. I'm like. <laughs> How the hell am I supposed to do it? It's like I'm getting beat up or strangled or something. And I'm like, how the hell am I? It's just try it. Just try it. And I'm like, okay. Okay, move your face in slow motion while falling in slow motion. Exactly. So I'm like, well, but, but Tim no, Tim understands this technology extremely well. And so we, we try. I'm like, it's going to look like crap. You know, I, I don't think I can do that. I don't think anybody can do that. There's physics involved, right? You have to turn into Scotty. I can't defy the laws of physics, Captain. <laughs> well, so so we did we we do it, and then of course everyone's on the floor laughing because it looks so. <laughs> and then then we just start doing. But yes, it's mimicking. So in in the fight scenes, and you know, for motion capture, you, you can't have anything occlude your face. It can't be anything between the cameras and and the face. Yeah. So in the fight scenes, you have to fake being punched. You have to fake being strangled. In this movie, uh, uh, Colossus is a very gentle soul, and he um, he can't stand the sight of blood. So he gets sick every time he sees blood. So he has to throw up, and and so you've got to do you know you got to do all these things. Oh my and, 
it's really challenging. Those are that's uh, the, it's very challenging to pull that off. So you um, have to be like a mime equipment. with weird things stuck to you and doing them in slow motion. And <laughs> well, I didn't. I, again, we eventually we didn't do them in slow motion. <laughs> just, you just do that after the fact. But yes, it's very strange to say, okay, you're just you're getting hit in the stomach. Okay, do it, do it, do it. Pretend again, again, and again. And you can't have anybody hitting you in your stomach, you know, or for vomiting sequence. It's a full, you know, getting sick is a full body experience. So you can't just do it in the face. <laughs> Did you actually get sick at one point? We had to stop because it's as you get into it yeah. and you start doing more and more, eventually your body just thinks it's actually doing that. So before you get sick on the cameras you have to it's like stop stop or you pass out because you're not breathing properly yeah i was gonna say i get you know eventually those stomach muscles will start to engage <laughs> yes and they do but that's the fun of it because you don't want to look like you're doing something i mean well you do want to look like you're doing something but you don't want anyone to know that you're looking like you look like you're doing something you want them to believe so so when you're doing that you 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 just start to actually do it you know <laughs> oh wow you know, you also mentioned you have a music background. Mm -hmm. Have you ever tried or thought about doing music composing for film? I actually have. I was extremely my my whole I, so much of what I've done has been I've been really lucky or been in the right place at the right time. I'm very good friends with um, Henry Selleck, who directed Nightmare Before Christmas, James and the Giant Peach, Coraline. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah, any of those yeah. those films, and. Henry's a musician, and he and I became friends working on The Life Aquatic. We were working in the same studio space, and at lunch, there was a room with a piano in it, and Henry had heard that I played the piano, and he played guitar. So one day, he called me up to his office, and he said, LaSalle, I hear you play the piano. And I said, yes. He goes, good. Every day, starting tomorrow at lunch, you and I, one hour, we're eating and playing music. Oh, and fine. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> so then a few years later... I had asked him for some advice about composition because I've written, I've never done an extensive amount of writing, but I've always written whenever I needed to. And so he called me up one day and asked me if I would be interested in writing what they call the temp score, part of the music that they need to time the stop motion to while they're filming for Coraline. So I did do that and I got to see some of the scenes at the studio with my music in it before the movie came out. So it was, it was a lot of fun and a great experience. That's, That's cool. All right. It's been great chatting with you. I'm really looking forward to seeing your performances at Colossus. And Deadpool. Yeah, no We're going to watch Deadpool opening weekend. So. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I think you'll enjoy it. I, I, it's a blast. I haven't seen the final film yet. I won't see it for another week, but I think it's going to be awesome. I think I think so, too. I like how they they really took Deadpool straight up. I how, forgot. When how does it come out books. in two weeks? The twelfth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's gonna be our. It's gonna be our Valentine's Day date. We're gonna go watch Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. Actually, it's. Don't forget, the movie is a love story. It is. It is right. Well, one year we went and saw so My Bloody Valentine three D for Valentine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for being on the show. And oh, can you let our audience know where they can find you and your work online? I actually, I don't have any thing for that i mean except for imdb right now that's pretty much it i'm not kind of one of these people that has a huge social presence because i just like working yay there's another <laughs> one of me out there i think you should make a, a colossus twitter and just do random <laughs> tweets i you know it's it's funny that you say that i almost did that i almost started a whole campaign called who is colossus <laughs> <laughs> But we'll see. Maybe for the fan screenings or something, I'll get I'll get my. I do have a Twitter account. I think I have one. I think I have two followers. 
Well, what well, is it? I, I don't, like your I don't, mom and. I don't use music. No, it's uh, it's just GP LaSalle, but I don't, I don't, I'm not a, most of the movies I work on, you know, you're not allowed to put things up. Yeah. Um, so I just got in the habit of just not doing that, but maybe I'll tweet some photos from a fan screening or something. I don't know. We'll see. You'll get, you'll get more followers then other than those two. So like, <laughs> like your, was it like your mom? And <laughs> no, no, it's actually a friend of mine at CNN and one of my acting buddies. And that's, like, that's it. <laughs> I've never told anybody until today that I actually have a Twitter account. Well, you know, you might get five more just At from least. this. <laughs> just from this show. I'll try to put that in, in the show notes, Austin. <laughs> Thanks so much for taking time Thank to talk you. to us. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. You're welcome. Thanks. You're going to do a superhero landing. Wait for it. Woo! Superhero landing. You know, that's really hard on your knees. Totally impractical, they all do it. You're a lovely lady, but I'm saving myself for Francis. That's why I brought him. I prefer not to hit a woman, so please play. I mean, that's why I brought her? Hi, this is Michael Lask, and I'm the author of The Authentic Actor, The Art and Business of Being Yourself. I'm a professional actor and a teacher and coach of actors in Los Angeles, and you're listening to me on Genretainment. Well, a big thanks to Greg for taking the time to chat with us, and be sure to check out the show notes for the links mentioned in the interview. Before we go, we want to remind you that you can always keep track of us by subscribing to us on iTunes or Stitcher, or by following our Genretainment Facebook page, Marx's Twitter account, which is at Mr. Marks, our website at genretainment.com, or you can follow all of the shows at scififulseradio.com. You can also find us with other excellent shows on Blog Talk Radio via the League of Geeks network at blogtalkradio.com slash leagueofgeeks. So that's it for today's Genretainment. We'll be back soon with all new guests from our favorite films, TV shows, novels, and web series. Genretainment is a production of Alien Jungle Bug Productions. Until, Until next time. time. Ten monkey.